Welcome to episode 97 of Do the Woo. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing good, Jonathan. How about yourself? Doing very well, enjoying the, the cold here in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to have a few freezing nights here on the ocean, too, so so um, yeah. We're taking the kids skiing, so our school here does a field trip that's actually a ski day, so it's kind of rough, right? But uh, we're going to look forward to, <laughs> to doing that this Thursday. will be my first time out there, get a little bit of snow. Cool. Yeah, I, I won't tell you about my skiing adventures when I was a kid, but um, we'll save, save that for the skiing show. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, we've got a fantastic sponsor. Uh, we want to do a special thanks to PayPal, who's our community sponsor. And just a reminder for anyone listening that when you're working with clients, consider the PayPal checkout extension, which allows you allows your clients to offer customers the options for pay later. And it's a great way to increase those conversions. And Bob, I think we'll talk about that a bit later in the show. Yep. But before all that, we've got a fantastic guest today. We have Patrick Garman. He's the CEO of MindSize, a digital agency that specializes in e-commerce. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, I do have a bit of a complaint for you guys, though. Uh You guys up north and in the cold weather. Uh Uh-oh. Your cold weather's leaking. Um, <laughs> I'm in Texas. It's not supposed to be 30 degrees out right now. <laughs> so if you could come collect your cold weather, bring it back home, uh, I would appreciate it. We'll get right on that. Okay. So we have our first hard-hitting question for you, Patrick. You ready for it? Bring it on. How do you do the woo? I do the woo by breaking e-commerce stores at scale. Um, I- I've worked on a variety of platforms, variety of stores. Um, everything's relative in life. And I've, I've ruined e-commerce for myself by working on e-commerce stores at a scale that makes everything seem small. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, doing nine figures on multiple platforms and multiple stores a year, you know, with an average order of like 30 bucks. It's hard to do. It's a lot of orders, a lot of sales. And then, Typical stores are small now. So I do the woo by telling everyone in the world that WooCommerce is scalable and anything they say that it's not is just false. <laughs> I can hear an amen to that. <laughs> so uh, we want to talk about some of the, the stuff that you guys do at MindSize and what's what's happening there. But we'd love to start with just for those who don't know anything about your background or sort of what you've been doing, how did this journey to e-commerce start for you? Like where, where did that all begin? Started very small. So uh, my now wife, then girlfriend, wanted to sell cookies online. She's always loved cooking and baking. So she had a online bakery. We were selling cookies and cakes and that kind of stuff online. We uh, went through a variety of e-commerce platforms, and I ended up finding WooCommerce. It was very early stages, like version 1.1. Actually, didn't know of Jigo Shop before and the whole controversy that came with Woo. <laughs> but uh, I found WooCommerce is very early stages, just needed some extra features too. So I started using WooCommerce for the site, um, used one of their default themes or your guys' default themes, um, the one that had the, the storefront banner mm, type yep. multicolor one, a uh, real old one. I think it was Woo Store. Uh, we started selling cookies online with it. Uh, it was actually led to some of my first open source contributions. I was uh, not the developer then I am now, but uh, 
it's local bakery. We needed to do local delivery, which wasn't an option. So I knew at the time WooCommerce was trying to get all these extensions and you could build an extension and sell it. And I built this local delivery feature and I submitted it to be an extension. And I'm pretty sure Mike Jolly actually replied to it. It was like, I'm going to summarize in the blunt way I do. Mike Jolly was a lot nicer about it. Yeah. But basically, this is so simple, we couldn't possibly ever sell this. <laughs> um, he then led into, but you could, you know, gladly contribute this to WooCommerce Core. So I, I contributed the first local delivery and cash on delivery. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, local pickup type options to WooCommerce. Um, and from there, actually did build some extensions after that, that we ended up selling or I ended up selling on the the Woo store. Um, from there, ended up getting a job at Woo. Worked at Woo for about two years. And after uh, leaving Woo, worked on some really large stores. So that's where we started working on e-commerce at scale. Uh, I think at the time, WooCommerce.com was one of the largest WooCommerce stores. Um, and we surpassed that a couple times over on some of our stores. Wrote some of the initial issues on GitHub that led to uh, data stores and how to grow sites a lot bigger than they are now, which led to things like the custom order tables plugin from liquid web. Um, we actually use data stores now too on a client site or a couple of client sites for products. So if you think grocery chain, uh, you have one product, but different versions of it per store. Ah, right. Um, so you can have something like, here's the original product, our inventory and, um, our pricing, availability, all that is now per store based on data stores or data stores. One of the things I'm curious about, so how did, can you tell us, give us some context for the agency transition? Because you've done a number of things. Back when you first built it, were you working, doing something else? Or were you already in like doing agency or development work? So I had a full-time job at an actual store. Ah, okay. So. I was the primary technical resource for a company of about 3,000 people in size that almost exclusively was existed, all 3,000 some people to manufacture and pack and ship and market and all the products. Wow, wow. And I was the, the lead technical resource and on doing all that. Um, you know, at a certain point when you're doing millions of dollars a month in sales, um, we ended up moving to Shopify. So probably a sore subject for this store uh, <laughs> podcast, but we uh, love Shopify. Work. Oh yeah, we 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 let drop in every once in a while. You know. <laughs> you know, when we talk to stores, we use the right tool for the job, and WooCommerce yes. comes up more often than Shopify. But Shopify for a simple store doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, and for them, it did make sense. They do some things really well. That was early times in WooCommerce. Uh, we made it more scalable since then. Um, after that the technical challenge was gone on Shopify. They didn't need a developer like myself to sit there and monitor servers in the site all day, every day. Um, so then I could go back to freelancing, find more clients, uh, but you don't get the size of projects an agency does. So yeah, yeah it's true. So yeah, it's true. That led to mind size and growing mind size into what it is today. So you guys <laughs> just recently. Oh yeah. We, we, we led I'm really in curious. Every I, once I've been while. through yeah. several branding experiences myself over the years. Um, maybe yours was like super smooth and painless, but I, I'm curious just what, what was that process like for you? Is this the first time you've done that or is, are you a pro at this at this point? Like what's the rebranding been like for you? First time to this extent. Okay. So 
uh, some context of why we rebranded in 2020. It was a big year for all sorts of different companies. Uh, bad year for some, good year for others. Uh, for us, it was a big year. Uh, we grew a lot. We transformed a lot. Uh, I became the sole owner and CEO of MindSize in the middle of 2020. So MindSize at that point, we wanted it to reflect what we wanted. We being my wife and I, uh, since we own around the company now. The, the branding wasn't on par with what we wanted, kind of the vision of the company, the voice of the company wasn't us. And since we now were the voice of the company, wanted to bring it more in line. So we went through a few versions of logos, started with logos and colors first. Um, I'm the kind of person that when we do something, I'll make baby steps, iterate on a lot of things. But we came up with a couple different versions. I would have an opinion when I first saw it, and then over the next few days, let it simmer. Uh, we had some early logos that initially seemed cool, uh, but then as you kind of play with it, put it on t-shirts, put it on a website, uh, just let it sit there, just didn't work out. Um, ended up working with a design agency down in Austin, uh, sent here. Um, friends of mine size, really like working with them on some client projects, but uh, told them what we wanted and then they came up with a couple options. Um, coincidentally, I don't like teal. I, I hate the color teal. Okay. Um, they came up with a version that was mind size with purple and a tealish color. And I hated it at first. I, it, I don't like teal. I don't want to see that. And my wife and I just rolled right past it. Interesting. And then we looked at the others and they're like, those look better. But then after letting it sit and thinking on it, the others weren't as good and came back to the purple and what we will no longer refer to as teal, but as minty green. All right. Um, and that was the one that just, it worked. So then from there we refined the actual logo and the, the font and the actual word mark. And it's great. That led to our, uh, my wife was a bit uncertain about it, but the official decision that the official candy of mine size is Andy's mints. Oh, so when we shipped out all our uh, T-shirts and hoodies, like the ones you got, Bob, mm -hmm. and a little box of Andy's mints, I couldn't even I couldn't even take a picture of that with the swag he had sent because I, we already had started eating those. So the package was open and it was all ripped up. So, so quick interruption here, Bob. What's the official candy of Do the Woo? Um, boy, I need to think of that candy of Do the Woo. Woo. Woo, woo, woo. We will announce that on the 100th okay. episode. All right. We will, all right. We'll figure out what the official candy. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yep. So I, I'm curious, at, at being fresh out, I think you guys did a great job. I love love the colors. It's the side. It's, Thank you. I appreciate how much work goes into all this. Most people will go through a rebrand at some point. It being fresh in your mind right now, any advice that you'd give to other folks like in this space, whether agencies or product companies, like based on your experience, uh, any tips on like how to navigate the process? Don't use the first version. Don't just get something you like and sit on it and say, that's what I want. Um, like I mentioned earlier, everything's relative. I, I firmly believe that in pretty much everything we do in life. Um, that first logo is what everything else you see will be relative to. And that means that some will be better, some will be worse. So if you get whatever the first version is and just fall in love with it, maybe it's the one that you're meant to use, maybe not. But you won't know that until you have a few more iterations. So 
the first step is rarely the best step in most technology things I've ever done. Um, and whenever we write any program, we never stop at version one. Good point. Uh, we're not still using Microsoft Windows V1. We're not using Apple Mac OS V1. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. I hope you're not, Jonathan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and one thing that was important to us is as a company, at least even further back, me personally, I have views of WordPress and how we should do things that are different than a lot of people. Sometimes they're more controversial. Uh, search how to scale WordPress and all you find is blog posts about caching. And I, I firmly believe that is wrong. Um, so mind size is different. We think differently. Um, we tried not to use the Apple slogan there. Um, if you look at all the tech companies, the colors you'll see are blues, blacks, reds. We wanted something different. So we landed on purple. Um Unfortunately, we share purple with another big name in our space. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's a good combination. It's a... Yeah. So there's slightly different shades of purple. We'll yeah. probably end up with the same shirt someday because there's not many purple shirts you can have branded. I know. That's uh, terrible. If you figure that one out, let me know because that's, that's a sore spot. I think the ones we have are different than the Woo ones. Yeah. Uh, this, this Woo shirt that I'm wearing right now, folks can't see, but it, it's, I, I love it, but it's not Woo purple. It's not our purple. So I'm sure this is solvable at some point, but it is difficult to get the right shades. When we're uh, allowed to go back to conferences again, I'll bring my purple mind size shirts. You bring your purple woo shirts. We'll compare them and see which ones are right. I love it. Uh, you mentioned slogan. So just, I'm, I'm curious. So you chose think different is not your slogan. No. Um, do you, did you go, did you come up with a slogan? Um, nothing that's firm. Uh, we've tried to, play with some. Uh, I've learned in the past week as I've been making some slides for some different talks I'm going to be doing here soon. Nice. That every slogan I come up with is already a cheesy book title. <laughs> so everything I come up with, I Google it and I, I find a book and I'm like, I can't use that. I like your about page. Uh, it's like you have this, when the experts need help, they call us. So it's not a, it's a, it's not a bad, like unofficial slogan. Like, so. So there's Thanksgiving. And that Thanksgiving weekend, all the way up until we launched on January 4th, my wife and I basically every evening, every weekend, every spare moment we had was rewriting all the content of the site uh, multiple times. The About Us page and the Core Values page rewrote that the most because we wanted mind size when you looked at our website to say who we were. And starting with Core Values, we started there first. And just like with what I said you know, as advice to anyone else doing it, I rewrote the Core Values page like, five or six times. Hmm. Um, I, I would write that, write the rest of the site's content a little bit, come back to it. Like that can be better. That can better reflect us. Um, my wife and I both have the same opinion that this business exists for us to be able to give back in other ways. So we'll continually try and do that and give back to uh, organizations that mean something to us personally and to the business. But that's a core part of mind size for us. Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. PayPal has launched a new pay later option called Pay In For. This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. 
The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the Marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over, click Marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. So what I was wondering, and talking about the rebranding, you obviously decided to go the digital agency route, you know, spread out a bit more and in turn brought some products to the surface here as far as some specific products that you could offer. And I think both Jonathan and I are curious about how you pulled out those specific products, you know, or I should say services and, you know, the design of them, how do you decide you're looking at all these things? How did the ones you might want to, you know, explain the three that you have right now, and then we can kind of dive into a little bit how those materialized. Sure. So you mentioned something there that we're known for e-commerce. We do a lot of e-commerce work. Most of our clients are e-commerce. E-commerce is also one of the harder things to do on the internet because sure you can build a blog and you can live uh, live blog Supreme Court cases things like that that WordPress is known for and there's ways to solve that that makes sense but in most of those cases you're writing something in a database and then sharing it to hundreds of thousands and millions of people e-commerce every single click of a button on the site, which is why you're trying to get people there, does something. If I click add to cart, it has to write that somewhere. If I click checkout in WooCommerce, especially you're writing over a hundred pieces of data to your database. Uh, And without getting into the techie details, it does it in a fairly inefficient way right now too. Um, So we, we do some really hard work and we do it well. And my opinion is that if we can do some of the hardest work, well, we can do the other work pretty well too. So if you need a a site, a custom application, things like that, we do that type of work. We're trying to get that word out a bit more. Um, And one one thing we've done since the beginning of MindSize is site audits. So we have a lot of experience and expertise in how to make a site run well. So our site audit is a two-week process where we dive deeply into your site and basically come up with a list of if the site were ours and the business were ours, Here's what we would change and the order in which we would change it and the timeline in which we would change it. So pretty much every audit ends with a timeline of in the next month, do this, the next three months, do this, six months, 12 months, and so on. Um, So we've had that for a while. We're just better marketing it. Uh, The new services really are uh, support plans. That's something before MindSize even existed, actually. I uh, was trying to get into WooCommerce support. And what I learned in doing that was without a team, it's very difficult to do. If you can't scale it, it's not going to become profitable and the business ultimately won't succeed. So it never really got off the ground. Uh, most people probably don't know about it. And now that we have mind size and we have a team and we're 
about 11 people now, we have the capacity to fit support into this with the existing team. And the other challenge is senior developers rarely want to be doing support. Yep. And the type of work we do, we generally need more senior developers, but we feel strongly about helping junior developers get trained up too and helping other people grow. So support and working on smaller sites that support brings is a good place that you can bring Mm -hmm. in more junior developers, have them work with the senior developers of how to solve problems and implement them and grow from there. Uh, We basically looked at every WordPress maintenance and support plan we could find listed out all their features, all their prices, and uh, basically took every single feature they had and put it at a price point that's higher than everyone else. <laughs> the shortest version. We have uh, e-commerce expertise that I think is unmatched. Mm. And uh, I think it's worth paying a little bit of a premium for it. One of the things I'm curious about, so in the agency world, so I spent five plus years in the agency world, one of the tensions that is often there is like, do you focus on like serving? There's this idea that like, if you're going to focus on doing really unique work, you cap out at around 10 clients or so that you can handle at a time, depending on the size of the agency. And then on the other side of the spectrum is this more of like scale work where it's more productized and it's more of like a process, but there's not as much flexibility for really unique problem sets. There's not a right or wrong approach. There's, it's just trade-offs in either case. I'm curious for you guys, like as you think about the future of MindSize, do you see, how are you navigating that tension of like the specialty skills required to do really unique, like high-end work where it's like big store comes in and they really need some specialization. You've got that versus the, uh, you know, the more, uh, the, the maintenance stuff also important, but of a different caliber of skill required. Like, how are you thinking about that tension? So I think it's, if I were to make the most generic statement possible about that, usually the agencies doing higher end work are the larger, more well-known ones. They're the big ones. They, they may have a lot of employees, but they have a lot of big clients too. Don't do a lot of small work. They're also expensive. Uh, the smaller agencies, the newer agencies, the less known agencies generally are on the, the cheaper end of the spectrum. Just, you know, maybe they don't realize they could charge more. Maybe they, uh, they're quality and skill level is at that level right now. Um, and they do a lot more volume of smaller projects. Um, and what I've seen from a handful of other agencies is they'll grow from that smaller agency to the bigger agency. Sometimes by getting that big project and either succeeding at it and realizing they can and doing more of it uh, or not. But we're trying to find a balance between them. We do definitely have some larger clients that have that specialty skill set. But just like in the WooCommerce space, uh, where a performance change that we'll look at may make perfect sense for a really big store, and it may be the make or break feature or yeah. change that allows them to stay on the platform, that feature still has value at the small stores. Yep. So data tables, for example, and data stores, perfect for big stores. Little stores don't care as much about them, but it'll still make them better. And it's a bit of the same here, too. Uh, the way we architect projects is there's an architect on every project and they do most of the hard thinking. You know, they take a task and turn it into actionable steps that then developers who don't need that architectural mind to do it. 
Um, what I like about your, what you're describing and for other, other agency folks listening, especially if you're starting out, what I'm hearing you describe is like an expertise driven approach where you have this, like, all right, we're going to have experts and you're, that's your own background in this, right. In terms of subject matter expertise. And, but one of the, it's, it is challenging. Like at some point you reach a peak in terms of, uh, if you're going to grow further, you, that that's where the, the support stuff can really help in terms of the, like the predictable revenue and very importantly, the training ground to grow your team, right? Because that that's always, there's, that's difficult. And that's why it's worth thinking consciously about that tension and thinking about the future because those simpler projects, like, yeah, your senior engineers may be less interested. There's still always value to be found, but it can also be an incredibly powerful way to provide value to the client, having access to the expertise and also, you know, training and empowering newer folks who eventually are going to be just as skilled and have to start somewhere. Yeah. We've uh, basically grown mind size three times. And the first time we started with a lot of contractors, a lot of people we knew. um, And what happened there is a lot of work didn't get done. There was a lot of uh, debate of how something should be done because the people we knew, they they were experts. When you get 10 experts in a room, there's 10 different ways to do something and no one's going to agree. Um, so we learned from that and just said, okay, let's just hire less people we know, but still senior developers and had a bit of the same issue of, you know, that this is how something should be done and still a lot of, uh, debate of how to do something. So this third version of mind size and growing, it's actually been fairly successful for us. We hired people. I have the same questions I ask every person in our second interview. And I have for about five years, uh, even before mind size, these are questions I had, um, and I tell people up front, I'm going to ask you things that you probably have never done at all. Just talk through the process of how you would think through it. And I've asked people questions about scalability problems in WooCommerce and WooCommerce subscriptions that they've never touched either platform. Yet they can actually describe how they would go about solving it. They wouldn't know what they were doing. They wouldn't know how to implement it, but they thought of that type of solution. And we're hiring that type of person now. We don't care about your technical skill. We care about how you think. You're focusing on how they think. I like that. So for folks who are starting out, because like the service industry is really important, right? Like in general, um, you uh, clients, people doing big things, like they're going to need help. And oftentimes you don't have the expertise in house to be able to pull these types of things off. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for growth. And as you're thinking, like if someone's wanting to get into the space or there's someone like has, what, what advice would you have for new like agency folks drawing on the experience that you've had and what you've been through and what you've observed about the space. Biggest piece of advice I would give anyone is there's more than enough work to go around. A lot of this infighting I see of, yeah, we're all going to fight over clients. Uh, We're all going to be bidding against each other at some point. I know other salespeople at other agencies that I have been bidding against And we've been actively having a conversation together of how we could actually better support each other while bidding for the same project. And a lot more of that collaboration would go a long ways. And what you get from that collaboration is different ideas, different perspectives. Maybe someone else is better suited for a project. You help them get it. Maybe you learn something from them along the way, and maybe they'll do the same for you. Um, Just in terms of how to run a business, try and do the right thing, be positive. Uh, a lot of what mind size is, is we're trying to have a positive impact on the world. Um, but as far as developers go, the best thing you could do is find a senior developer who's willing to actually talk through things with you and get all the information you can from them. 
Would it be fair to say, well, one of the things I very much agree with that. And I, one of the things I'll notice is the difference between short-term thinking and long-term thinking like short-term, I put it the other way, long-term, we want to see more and more people succeeding, right? Whether you like, whether one agency gets or the other agency gets it, we want to see, like you said, you want to see the best fits happen. And as that happens and there's wins and as those projects succeed, there's a halo effect to the broader industry, right? So I think it can be frustrating because back in my agency days, I remember I've had some of those same types of experience, either winning a project or losing one. And it's a friend, you know, another agency that, you know, and sort of have that some context for it. But if you think bigger picture, make doing your best and thinking about the the best case. And I've even been in situations where talking to the client and being candid with them, like, Hey, we, we want this. So otherwise we wouldn't be going after it. We want you also to pick the best choice and we think it's us, but if it's not us, we want to see you succeed and being able to have that level of conversation to me is the key to long-term success. And it has a halo effect to the broader industry. And yeah, yeah it's not easy though. Uh, no, I want every project. <laughs> and if I don't get the project, I hope my friends get it. Um, yeah. And if they don't get it, then we're all doing something wrong. Oh man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's especially in WooCommerce in these past few years, WooCommerce is not as mature as other platforms. Yeah. And the best thing we could do as a platform is prove its maturity and prove that it can do big projects. And sometimes that requires working together. And the more we do that, guess what? The single largest e-commerce platform on the internet will continue to get bigger projects. Yes. And then we'll continue to make bigger projects and we'll continue to succeed. Um, That's the way I'm looking at it anyways. I've been sharing basically everything I know about WooCommerce scalability since I learned it, uh, talks at WooConf, talks at different conferences. I don't have any secret sauce. There's something about that m- mentality that I think is is part of the, the both the key and the magic of open source. Uh, I'm sure you've had this too. Like I, I can, I've had situations back in my agency days of like you work on something you're really proud of, you get it out there, and then you discover that someone else is working on something similar. And you, sometimes it's like, man, I wish we'd been talking about this before. But at least we're talking about it now. And the reason we're talking about it now is because one of us like wrote something and put it out there. And just that process, like thinking about that and putting your ideas out there, I think it's, it's, there's so much value to it. You can't see where it goes. And uh, I think that's part of what makes all this stuff work. It's like you work on something, you solve something, and then you'd give a talk about it or you write something about it. And then someone else sees that and picks it up and, people don't always contribute. I love that you guys consciously look at like contribution as a part of your model. And I'd love to see more people do that. It's good for business as well. Yeah. I have gotten work because of my being active in the WooCommerce Slack. And it's, we get more people now in the community chats in Slack that happen than we used to. But there were chats in the past where it was like, me and someone from Skyverge and like two other people there for a chat and whoever at Woo is leading it. Like they're just saying these things to the open room and not getting much response. So it's good to see that it's growing, but still the people who are in these chats, there's just a select few. Uh, there's not a lot of store owners. There's not a lot of developers. You don't even have to be actively contributing, just coming to these chats and voicing an opinion. Uh, if there's a question, should we do something? Uh, more feedback 
thing I've heard the most from the Core Woo team in any feature is wanting more feedback of where to take the platform. Uh, a lot of times when I'm talking to leads or clients, um, I heard from Paul once he wants to talk to more store owners. So I just try and send him all the store owners I can. Yep. You made a point that I just want to reference. So WooCommerce is maturity. So it's it has a lot going for it in terms of its size. It still has a long ways to go. And I think for folks listening, the thing to recognize is how much opportunity there is there to be a part of helping to get there. To like to what you're saying right now, you can still like there's these community chats that happen on a regular basis, right? Like if you're wanting to get involved, there's so many avenues to get involved. And I think what I'm curious for your thoughts on Patrick is you've worked with other platforms and and you sort of been in the space for a long time where if you, I guess, what's your sense of like where the potential is for WooCommerce? If we're still kind of it, like, where do we feel you feel like we are in that, that cycle of time? I think uh, WooCommerce is in it's in between adolescent and teenage years. Okay. Um, you've got two very different ways of looking at e-commerce that you see growing. You've got the platforms, Shopify, Squarespace, all those. Then you have the, so those are the apples of the world. Then you have the Androids of the world, like WooCommerce and other self-hosted platforms. Um, the benefit of the self-hosted platform is you can build absolutely anything on it. And you know, we all like to think we all have very original ideas, but a lot of times we're, doing versions of something someone else is building, like you were commenting about earlier, but even store owners have that. Um, there's a lot of functionality that can continue to be built. There's a lot of ways we can build it. it just, we need more feedback, I guess, of where it can go and how we can do it. Uh, we need more, seeing more ways that people are using the platform. We can better build the platform for them so that they can come back. Um, Number one best thing anyone can do in WooCommerce is join me in the WooCommerce core chats or the community chats and tell the core devs that we need different financial payment statuses and shipping statuses <laughs> for orders. Um, imagine a world where we could have an order with multiple shipments or multiple payments. Um, that's my my plug to get my own personal goals moved forward and moved <laughs> Hey, one way or the other, man. I, I love it. And and we'll make it official. Um, but WooCommerce is nine years old, you know, reality, nine years old, which is kind of falls between the adolescent and teenage years. But let's bump it up to eleven years old in Patrick years, where one more year and it's gonna actually have its first teen year. And we'll just kind of take it from there. So, man, Uh, one of the things in my community work, uh, like like you said, I mean, we're in a place right now where we want that feedback. Like the the core folks are like, hey, what do we do? How do we shape this? There's always a tension there in prioritizing because there's only so many things you can work on. But uh, a lot of what I'm trying to do in community is encourage the store owners like, hey, your, your voice matters and we're and it's being listened to. So share what matters to you. And. Uh, that doesn't mean uh, it, there's always a tension there, right? Because you can't just like do whatever's asked, but you listen to that and you and you be curious and you poke around it. I think right now we're we're in a place where there's growth happening at such a rapid place, a pace, and a, a willingness to we we will. It's all in service of how can we really help these merchants succeed, and I see that happening. That's exciting, and it's been interesting. I'm curious. Uh, 
a bit of an old topic at this point, but still relevant. Uh, we don't like like COVID and the pandemic and sort of all this stuff. What how, what kind of effect, if anything, did it have on you guys? Like, what did you see in in with the clients and the types of work that you've been doing? A lot more people are realizing e-commerce is the way to go. Um, and what you'll end up seeing is we've trained now a large part of the country and a lot of customers to shop online. And all the things that we knew before about conversion is going to get even more important. So now everyone's shopping online. And I'm sure some people have had some bad experiences on some sites where place an order didn't get any updates and maybe it was legit, maybe it was fraud building sites that look real, feel real and are real and have that good customer experience will be even more critical. Uh, But at the same time, building something right the first time also is critical Uh, for a lot of agencies. I know uh, stores had scaling problems. A store was built and they had to go back and rethink what they did or make other changes to support this scale. Not a single mind-sized client had to go back and redo what we had done before because we architected it from the begin with to scale. Uh, we took in a fair bit of work to fix other people's work and make sites scalable. But none of the work we had done before for sites, even for sites that were already high scale and then tripled their sales overnight, it just worked. It's the magic of writing good software. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I think this has been excellent. Uh, I'm sure we could, um, well, we'll, we'll have you back after, uh, maybe a year or so after the rebrand and, and kind of see where you're at and, you know, especially how the support and maintenance has gone for you, because I know that is something you brought to the service and, uh, look forward to seeing how that plays into it. Uh, makes sense how you're pulling in, uh, the different resources for that, but yeah, excellent. Well, I think that about wraps it up. And before we do anything, tell people where they can connect with you online. So I am of all the social media networks, more active on Twitter. You can find me at P M Garman, G A R M A N, not like the GPS. Um, and you can also find MindSize on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else at MindSizeMe. And our website is MindSize.com. So reach out to us anywhere. We're happy to chat. Cool. And I know you're on Slack, too. So people go on the WooCommerce Slack and they can always find Patrick in there um, flittering around. So um, I shouldn't say that. But he's he does have a, a business to run, too. So he doesn't spend all his time on Slack. I'm in there more than I should be. Uh, the <laughs> core Woo team sometimes probably likes it. Other times I probably annoy them. I exaggerate my opinions a bit because we don't have a lot of store owners in the Slack. So I try and emulate the voice of the store owners in these chats. And when I You are appreciated. That's good. I have you on on the record yes. saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, just like to thank our sponsor one more time, PayPal. Do check them out with their pay later options. They have several through their PayPal checkout extension that you can um, put right into place on your client's site. Easy peasy. So, so go for that. Other than that, um, yeah, just when we were talking a little bit about COVID in 2020, 
I still have my survey open. So if you build sites or projects or anything with WooCommerce, I haven't quite got to the level where I'm real happy with the response. So I'd love to get some more in before I really put out those results as well as some other uh, feedback I've heard from a few different people. Other than that, I think we are good to go. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Patrick. Yeah, look forward to being back. All righty. Well, that's it, folks. Until next time, do the woo.